Marco Royce. Daniel Marlon! Wonderful! Fantastic from Royce. Jude Bellingham. That's excellent. Jude Bellingham. This is absolutely brilliant. Jude Bellingham! Absolutely magnificent. Rina. Brilliant from the American. Just like that. Graceful. Sally Hoodstown for Anthony Modest. Wolf. Not a bad idea. And there it is for Coco. For Borussia Dortmund. The long wait is over. Unbridled joy. In the Via Daly. Hey, welcome back to the BVB podcast. Thank you if it's your first time listening. Hopefully we don't annoy you in the first five minutes. Uh, to where you never listen again because we appreciate that you're here. And a uh, big shout out to everyone who, who keeps coming back week after week. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. How's it going, man? How are you doing? Jesus, that intro. <laughs> Please don't. Please don't hate us. And they're like, and done. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it was fun. <laughs> um, you know, yesterday it was it was a little rough for a while getting knocked out of the Champions League. And just the more I think about it, you know, it's if there's any tournament that I wanted, or not wanted to, but would rather get knocked out of this year, it'd probably be that one. You know, still have a good opportunity to do the double. Still, of course, neck and neck on points with Bayern in the league. So, I mean, still a lot to look forward to, especially this weekend. How are you doing? I am doing, yeah, it is a bummer, but I'm I'm doing pretty good. I I, I still have like a positive outlook, even though uh even falling out of champions league like obviously i wanted i didn't want to lose i wanted to stay in that competition i'm mad that we lost but i think i still have a positive outlook uh on that but i mean besides that like life's going pretty good i'm doing pretty good um if you were i know last week maybe this is your second episode because you heard last week and then i teased that we might be have a recording with manuel veth and so if you're back for that it did not happen i'm sorry if that's the only reason you're here, well, it's not in the title, so I don't know why you would <laughs> think randomly like, "Oh yeah, cool." The Manuel Veth episode did not happen. Uh, I did. We, we did see him over the weekend. I was say, we did so. run into him. I, I ran into him, funny enough, right outside of the stadium. And if any one of the thirty thousand plus people or so, probably or twenty five thousand people that were there, I ran into him in one of the corners of the stadium. Got to catch up for a sec. Great seeing him. He talked up St. Louis a bunch on his Twitter, which was awesome. I was smashing the like and retweet button because i mean just <laughs> you know what's what's to hate or what's not to like really but uh yeah i ran into him at the stadium you talked to him too you said yeah i i ran into him at the press box which is more likely than to randomly outside of the stadium but uh so yeah. I, I saw him up there we talked very briefly but uh and then but i saw him after the game too and he's like oh my flight got canceled i'm gonna be here for an extra day so grab a beer or something tomorrow and then that didn't happen either because i was also got busy I, I felt real bad if he listens to this manu i'm very very sorry that i kind of blew you off uh because he was like hey what are you doing tomorrow i'm in town an extra day because my flight got canceled i was like literally nothing my wife's out of town my dog's out of town i have nothing going on and then i woke up and i worked all day so <laughs> my, my excuse because i i was you know you texted me and i was looking forward to linking up with him too but the second i got home on saturday night my allergies hit me like a train and I did not go to sleep until like 5 a.m. the next day and just stayed pretty much in bed or on the couch and just, you know, hitting the nasal spray, hitting the inhaler, the eye drops for like 10 hours. So, I couldn't move. <laughs> uh, but no, it was a good weekend though. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. That. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's, we should probably talk, talk Dortmund because I don't want to get into St. Louis stuff too much because like I said, I don't want, I don't want people to leave. <laughs> <laughs> this is their first time listening. Um, obviously, we're going to recap uh, two big games. Leipzig, 
that one just got me gets me so hyped. Maybe that's why I'm still feeling great and how 2023 has been so far. So we're going to recap uh, Leipzig, going to recap Chelsea in the Champions League. Got a lot of Twitter Twitter questions we'll jump into and then a big game this weekend too. Just nonstop big game, big game, big game. I like it. It's a and packed episode. Usually after a loss, we're way more down because it's usually like loss, win, loss, win, draw, 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 loss, loss, loss. And But now it's like we had a, we had a nice 10-game win streak cushion that I'm still feeling good. That's what it is. It's the big cushion. And we still have that streak going in the league if you wanted to look at that way too, so. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, jump, I guess we'll just start with Leipzig, start there. Uh, Friday afternoon uh, for us, if you're in the States, Friday afternoon kickoff. Um, We were, I think we were both pretty optimistic going into this game. We knew it was going to be a big game, a big test. They tore us apart last game, Um, but we're playing at home. Um, So, I'm feeling good going into it. It ended up being a good game, although we got the news just before. I think it was in warm-ups, Koble went out, um, had some muscle thing during warm-up, so we saw Meyer slot in as the goalkeeper. Our back line uh, looked at Rearson, left back, Schlotterbeck, and Sule in the middle. Volf, and we had Chan sitting in the the middle, the <laughs> sitting in the, the D-mid position. Bellingham, Oshan, Royce, and Brandt out on the wings, and Allaire up top. Um, I mean, any thoughts on the lineup? Uh, it's kind of similar. I mean, this is pretty much what we've been seeing besides Koble going out. Yeah, I think I think Terzic has pretty much found his best eleven, which is which is great, and of of course with the available personnel too. Um, you know, there's a few different ways you're looking at it. You can look at it, but he he has a pretty good idea of the system and the, and the personnel he wants to go with pretty much every game now. And last week I was saying, I mean, there was a lot of factors of the the you know the reverse fixture at Leipzig, but a few of them, of course, you don't have Kobel. We we had Modest starting up top. Still finding our footing under Terzic. Rosa was out for blood and revenge. We're at Leipzig, so it was a tough one. But yeah, you've unfortunately get the news of the muscle tweak from Kobel. So you're like, oh shit, Meyer comes in again, which not a, not a stab at, at Meyer. I think actually these past two games, he's pretty much didn't put too many feet wrong, honestly, um, or didn't do much of anything wrong, really. But yeah, I, I felt, I, I remember. Hit the last little stretch that he came in, like I was super impressed with him. I, I thought he performed well because he played in, I think it was Man City Champions League game, like another game we saw him in, I believe. Um, yep. And like I, I thought he was great, especially his like uh, his like work with his feet and distribution. Uh, I thought he looked really good. So I wasn't obviously it's not a slight to Meyer, but you obviously there's going to be some concern having Kobold not not only your number one keeper, but when I would say arguably number one keeper in Europe. With Kobol going out, like it's not not the best news you you get before a match. Yeah, and so that obviously added to the nerves a bit, and that's how this game started. It was it was pretty open, which we expected. It was it was slightly nervy, gave possession away a bit too easily for my liking. Um, but I mean, it, it was just it was just again, like you said, it was a very big test, and, and the team knew that too. I mean, this is a this is obviously a must win game. Not only against an opposition that we hate, but also just the circumstances of where we are in the league right now. So it's it's a must win, and uh, the players felt that pressure. Uh, the, Leipzig had a few chances to start out with too. I mean, even just five minutes in, giving away the ball cheaply, and it falls to Nkuku and uh, puts it wide. But you'd, you'd expect a fully fit Nkuku to probably finish that. To be honest with you, and then we'd probably be down one nil. Um, but this was his first game since November, so he's still very much finding his footing there. Uh, but yeah, puts it wide and 
got away got away with one there. Yeah, and there's another pretty early save. Uh, I think a couple saves by uh, Meyer, who stepped up too. But there, there, there was just the, these chances where um, we looked a little disorganized in the defense. Balls like bobbling around a little bit. Um, we, we did have that Meyer save. Uh, there was, I, I thought we were playing out of the back well. Like it, it looked like we were frustrating them. Um, they were trying to press and we were able to work through it. But then I think we got a little sloppy and a little... I had in my notes that like we were trying to be a little too cute sometimes, like maybe one too many extra passes or like, you know what I mean? Like it was just kind of digging the ball around a little too much. Uh, but I, I thought like I was still happy with what we're doing. Just didn't look quite to where we've, we've been, but. A lot of people were really impressed with this first half. Some people said it was the best first half we had in years, which was pretty debatable in my opinion. I mean, I think there's some other great halves we've had this year, but uh, Terzik did talk about the build-up play specifically. He touched on that in the post-game interview uh, he had with um, ESPN or Archie to be specific. And he was talking about how you know he knew that Leipzig had to make a choice when it comes to the build-up if they're going to try to plug the wings of the middle. And um, uh, we took that opportunity to get the ball up on the right side with Wolf. And that's where a lot of our attacks came from. And we found success as well. And uh, not just in build-up too, but you know trying some different things in attack. Of course, you had Brandt making the uh, run to score the goal that was eventually called off. But Terzik touched on that as well as of, um, you know, Haller kind of being that target man in the center and then the number 10 making a run behind him or around uh, Leipzig's back line. And uh, they definitely found the f- uh, some space there, but just, you know, a little too early with the run. But it was unfortunate to get called off because it was another great goal. It was similar to the goal that he scored against Gladbach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, the touch to bring it down, obviously, it, it bounced up and hit his arm. But still, like, the finish uh, was great off that, uh, like, the half volley and, I mean, the run and the ball. Like, Wolf put so many good balls in. Like, we mm-hmm. we keep praising Wolf, and I'm going to keep doing it week after week when he keeps doing Like, he's gr- looking great right back. I've said it for over a month now. Um not mad with him back there at all, and he he, uh, he keeps doing his thing. And yeah, that it was a great opportunity. And despite the handball call, like that just got me more amped and more pumped. And I was like, cool. Now I want to see him score another one, um, that and make it count this time. But just the finish, it, it was just Brant continuing his his great Brant form. Uh, unfortunately, did not get a goal in this game, but yeah, because that one called off. But still, still a, a good game from him. I thought. Yeah, and again, it's just it's. I love the different ways that we're able to concern and hurt oppositions. Now it's it's um, it's not one dimensional by any means. It's a lot of different ways we're attacking in the free flow, the ways of the game. Of course, we're dangerous now on set pieces. So a lot of different ways we can hurt you, which is obviously exciting to watch. But um, it's great for the team too to keep picking up these results. And uh, we eventually did get the goal, of course. And you have always going now with the penalty. In the modern game, that's going to get called every time, just like the handball a few minutes earlier with uh, Brandt's goal being called off. Uh, it's a brilliantly placed penalty by Royce. I was a little, I was a little uh, concerned. I honestly thought he was going to not miss it, but is going to be saved just because of his recent penalty track record. And that's you know, I think we've been struggling to find a penalty taker for a while now. But um, it was placed very well. Hit the side netting, up one nil. Um, did we score the second goals in the same half? If I'm not wrong. Two came from another yeah, third, set piece. Thirty ninth minute. Um, yeah, came from Chan a corner, goal. I think, and uh, bounced out to Chan. That's the exact kind of position that I want 
or kind of spaces that you want him in on those situations. I mean, right on top of the box, he's obviously capable of shooting from distance. So uh, fell kindly to him and, and he hit it in the back of the net. It's also a lot, obviously, tougher for keepers to kind of gauge on where the ball's going to go when you hit it against the ground. You know, it's going to, it can, you know, have these deflections and it bounces right back up. And so it's tough to obviously control. And, and it's a well shot by Chan. And uh, the second hit went in the net, too. I was like, hit, hit the power slide, Chan, hit the power slide. And that's exactly <laughs> what he does. He does that same slide every time or knee slide. <laughs> it's a great Sally. And, and what are you talking about? Us being like versatile in attack, I think having Chan sitting in that deep position and the performances we've been seeing from Wolf and then Rearson out on the left, like we, we have those options um, that now like we're strong everywhere and because we have this this depth, which is now hindered a little bit with the injuries. Um, but it's like we're strong at our two fullback positions and we're like more with Chan sitting deep right there, that gives Bellingham the option to push up more and do his creative thing. So it's like we can literally attack you from everywhere. Mm-hmm. We have so many options and s- such great attackers. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what side you try to block. Like, okay, cool. We'll just go to the other side. Like, maybe we'll talk about it more in the, when we start talking Chelsea. But I was I was disappointed to see Rearson not um, in the Chelsea match. Um, and I, you, I went on a rant about Guerrero before. Um, but I, I'm just like, unless was there, was he sick again? Did he have another he was, knock? He I was don't... suspended. Oh, that, okay. That I missed that. I did Which, watch the replay. So it was like, there was no buildup to the game mm-hmm. at all. It was just like push play game starts immediately. Uh, that's probably, that's what, and then obviously I was avoiding Twitter and stuff cause I hadn't seen the replay. I yeah, did avoid enough. a spoiler at work. I, this was solved. <laughs> I don't know if I, I think I explained it on the podcast last week. Uh, but yesterday in the afternoon the same guy who spoiled the the game on friday for me came up to me and he was like have you seen the score yet and i said no i'm waiting i'm watching it tonight luckily he hadn't seen the score yet or he definitely would have <laughs> definitely would have ruined it yeah i had a handful of people texting me that afternoon and i was watching the game later that night too and i was like please please don't um but rearson yeah touch on him real quick uh, he was great i love having him in this lineup as well uh, he he grows to be just m- so much more of a, a crucial asset to this team in just literally two months now. Um, completed three out of his three dribbles, had a handful of tackles. I've touched on his skill before. He's really blowing me away with his technical ability and his technical elegance. I mean, at and times so it's it's kind of hard to distinguish between him and Guerrero when the man's right-footed, you know? <laughs> uh, he won eight out of his ten duels. Yeah, Rearson had a very solid game. Um, touch on the second half real quick, grew very conservative pretty quickly, which was a little concerning. I think even though we've been getting results, the steam in our game has been taken out a little bit more and more these past two or three games or so. Uh, You're starting to see a little bit lack of ambition going forward in the second half. Usually, again, we're kind of second half FC the last year or so, but it's been kind of uh, almost in reverse in the last calendar month or so, which is a little concerning. Um, so yeah, grew conservative a little bit more quickly than I would have liked. Uh, Meyer was there to have us with a few crucial saves. He never lost possession, so he kept us going there. Um, it was the least crazy Schlotterback half I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> you know, he he basically concedes a goal, goes right through his feet, and then he comes back and has like a shoulder save off the line. And it's like this is just a Tuesday for Schlotty. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you think this like being a little more conservative in this game is? 
hesitancy on like the players or do you think in this Terzic was like okay let's like sit back a little bit like let's let's get compact um I just don't feel like that's a Terzic move like I feel like he's still like gung-ho and like let's let's keep pushing let's go I don't know if it's maybe like the players almost like overthinking things and thinking like wow we have this great streak going I don't want to risk anything now. We got a two-goal comfortable lead, although that's the worst lead to have in in football. That's not necessarily comfortable. Like I, I, I don't know where that hesitancy is coming from. I would guess like the players being a little cautious, especially in this game. I feel like any other team, they would have kept pushing. I think I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, Terzic at times has some. He still has some questionable calls with how he approaches the game, especially late in the game. Um, I thought Oz Chan had a pretty poor game, to be honest with you. Uh, at the very least, his second half was was pretty forgettable. He was given uh, away possession left and right, and I thought Dahoud should have came on 15 minutes earlier than he did. I think Dahoud came on in the 83rd, and by like the 70th, I was like, "Where are we, are we going to have any changes whatsoever? Because Leipzig would just keep coming after us, wave after wave after wave, and Terzic is not reacting at the moment. And then he brings on Modest, and it's like, I get it. I get. I get. Modest obviously helps a lot with the set pieces and clearing and everything. But it's just like I. Th- I think we needed someone to help kind of control the midfield a little bit better because, again, just they were coming after us nonstop and uh, didn't really seem to have an answer, unfortunately. But uh, still pulled out the win. At the end of the day, I mean, Leipzig are just not taking their chances. It's just one of those games that we kind of got pretty fortunate with them not um, putting away their chances and. Uh, I talked about Terzic's post-game press conference, or not press conference, but the interview he had. And a little bit, of, they've had Chan on too uh, on ESPN. He talked a little bit about his role this year and being back to where he likes to be best, you know, in the number six role. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting he talked about. He requires having the center halves to have constant communication with him too. Um, so, found that interesting just because I know Sule mentioned when he first came here, he's not the most vocal player on the pitch. So I'm imagining Chan is trying to kind of encourage him to be more communicative in that sense. And just, I mean, which makes sense. Of course, you want your players constantly talking. It's a sport where you have to be talking to each other. Um, but just found that piece interesting. That makes a lot of sense. I think with the form and where we've been seeing Sule and Schlotterbeck a little more solid, obviously with, with Chan sitting in front of them, that gives them more protection, but Chan in a leadership role is something I haven't really thought of uh, sitting in front of those guys. Cause I, I think before when I always said, whether it's Sule or Hummels or Schlotterbeck and Hummels, like I feel like we've looked pretty solid with Hummels in there and then insert one of our other center backs, but I've yeah. always felt very comfortable with Hummels in there. And I think it's, it's the leadership thing and him leading the line, pull Hummels out we got Slaughterback and Sule, but if Chan's there to lead the line and kind of pull these guys up, and I know he, he like he says he wants communication from those guys, but I I guarantee there's a lot of communication coming from him and mm-hmm. a lot of like guidance and encouragement from him, which is probably very helpful. Not only just because you got him sitting in front of him physically, but the actual like audible encouragement and, and, and leadership coming from his him is probably what what's helped as of late too. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, a, a really massive win here to come back and, and, and you know, have a response against Leipzig given the reverse fixture. Again, you're keeping the pressure on Bayern too, making them respond every weekend now of, you know, now you have to go out and get three points. And um, it wasn't the best game we've seen, but a pretty solid first half. Uh, not a bad second half, but not a good one either. Um, but you have three points in the end. And with the Chelsea game, 
it, we had pretty much the same lineup given or barring uh, Guerrero coming in for Rearson. Rearson was suspended, obviously, which is a pretty big blow. I mean, I thought Guerrero did pretty solid. I'll get into his performance later. But of course, uh, you're just losing a little bit more stability at the back. Yeah, I'll get into his performance. Ah, Guerrero. <laughs> I won't rant as much as I did last time. But um, Koba was not fit still, unfortunately. Everyone, it, it was just a big question mark going into this one. You know, he flew to London uh, and we we're expecting to maybe hear some good news right before game time. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. Uh, this is a game where just, I mean, it's kind of up in the air to me because, you know, of course, you're going against a ridiculously wealthy squad who have just like unlimited resources pumping into it day in and day out. And, you know, you can't really uh, fault yourself for losing to a team like that. But at the same time, if there was any opportunity to get a result against uh, a club like Chelsea, this would have been the year. I mean, there were the pundits talking before the game that this could very well be Potter's last game. If he doesn't get a result, then doesn't rally the troops. And I, I completely probably would have agreed, honestly. I mean... Uh, of course, you can invest in the project of Potter, but he just wasn't cutting it at the moment. So I thought that we were going to, you know, that game was going to be the nail in the coffin, but it just it just didn't really go as planned. And it's just really unfortunate from the start. Like I mentioned, Rearson being out, Cole being out, and then fifth minute Brant coming off as well. And then just, it's just sucking the life out of our team. You know, it's three German internationals and Adeyemi, Brant, and uh, Mukoko are not available. And you have your starting goalkeeper uh, taken out too. It's just like, it's just hard to keep giving that, bringing that momentum forward. Yeah, I know in the last episode, I kind of talked a lot of smack on Chelsea, but it, it's because they're, I think it's fine. Like, I mean, given their form and how inconsistent they've been and they haven't been able to click. Um, but, and I don't want this to sound like I'm flip flopping, but watching this game, um, because I, I still, I deserve, deserve it talk shit on Chelsea last week. I don't think uh, we were talking this shit. Game. We were just spitting the facts of just the results and just, yeah. you know, their scoring capabilities. They just, they have scored, you know, a handful of games since like, or sc- scored a handful of goals, excuse me, since November. So it wasn't like it was anything that was um, not warranted. I mean, it was literally just stating no. what, you know, what was on paper. <laughs> but watching them in this game, I thought, geez, Chelsea could be that team next year that just comes out so so good because they they have so many good players they just haven't clicked but you give Mm -hmm. them more time um if potter sticks around if he like figures out their system they're gonna be i think they're gonna be a crazy good team next year um just just with all the players i have i don't which was like i I really have no i don't think potter will be here next year to be honest with you no no (laughs) i mean if old bully balls wants to stick to his guns and keep him but i don't know um, I but I, I don't know that that was just a, a thought watching them was like they they do have a little bit going and they could be dangerous next year yeah they I still I feel like we played I feel like we we're just un- unfortunate in this game like I I felt like we were going to get a goal the, the entire time I, I thought we started this game very timid opposed to the Leipzig game where I felt like we were playing with the ball a little too much like this one like we we looked very timid started uh, like, yeah conservative yeah, like and like kind of shaky on the ball, like we couldn't string passes together. Uh, I think we we got into the game maybe like twelfth to fifteenth minute or whatever. Like we we started taking control um, and we were looking a lot better, but we just started so timid. Um, and then they had a couple pretty big chances uh, off the bat too, which which didn't help. But yeah, I don't know. It was more. It just felt like an unfor- 
an unfortunate game. Like I was still kind of happy with our performance. I because like I said, I just felt like we were we were going to score the whole time. Really, you thought that? I maybe maybe <laughs> that was just optimistic, Jake, watching this thinking there's no way we're bowing out. Maybe that's what it was. But I, I, I thought we watching looked, it. I thought we looked really toothless in attack the entire time. I thought honestly we probably weren't going to score at all, even if we did a whole another ninety minutes. To be honest with you. Um, I just thought at any second we're gonna we're gonna break into this and, and yeah, <laughs> I mean, we we had we had some decent chances and we'll get into that. But anyway, uh, I mean Chelsea had some players back here. Of course, you still have some injuries like Conte and Thiago Silva was out for this one. But you have two of arguably the best fullbacks in the world, and or at least in in England, of uh, Chilwell and Reese James. And I yeah, think they got just, nothing on Wolf. Don't say the yeah. world. They got nothing on Wolf. <laughs> I mean, so that, that of course, there's just a, a tremendous amount of quality coming down their right-hand side, especially with Reese James, and he's going to keep finding space uh, behind Guerrero, and it's not like it was hard either, because Guerrero, if you look at the uh, average positions, he was right up there, literally right next to Royce in the highest uh, player that was pushed up out of our entire um, 10, so... There's just a lot of space to exploit down on the right-hand side from Reese James, of course, yeah, after about 15 minutes or so, it, we, I mean, we were just weathering the storm. But once we grew into the game, I thought we looked very solid for a while. I mean, we retained possession really well. We um, had pretty decent buildups, but just couldn't really do too much when it came down to the final third, unfortunately. And Chelsea, with just their overwhelming quality, just continued to um, create chances. I mean, Kai Havertz had pretty much the game of his career in Chelsea so far. I mean, he the man's been dog shit since he's been at Chelsea and I mean he put on a display against us which was just again really unfortunate uh, he kept finding space where Chan wasn't I mean if you just look at even the first goal uh, Chan's sitting a little bit further back than I think he should have been and Kai Havertz finds that space to bring the ball down with his technical elegance and he's also tall he's also strong he can bring the ball down so um I mean, it was just it was just a lights out performance from him, really. Yeah, we saw in the 38th minute. It ended up being offsides, but uh, Meyer made a really good save, uh, and then Havertz had that just rocket uh, off the d- saved, bounced out to Havertz, who like let it rip from pretty far out, and it went in. But luckily, like there was offsides in the the build up to that. Uh, again, I thought Meyer um, Meyer had a decent game again. Like I know the. The goal was kind of off a def- not a deflection, but like the ball was bobbling around. But I, I, I thought he still made some good saves in this game. Oh yeah, uh, but and yeah, to come they, and to they, come out towards the beginning of the game too and make the save that he did. It was it was brave. It's not just about you know yeah. being or having these diving saves. It's keepers are about coming out and being brave and putting your body on the line. The one against uh, Felix, mm-hmm. right where yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say except I thought, yeah, every time I'm like, yeah, we're going to, I mean, Brant, I think Brant going down hurt us a lot. I don't think Reyna was quite ready or up for it. I don't know if Reyna was what did, the What did you right think of Gio's performance? Because it seems really split. I was, I mean, just from what I've read online uh, these past 24 hours. I forgot he was on the pitch a lot of the game. Really? But I also felt, I also felt that way about, um, like Hilaire, and I know this was one of the t- Twitter questions, yeah. so maybe we get into it now. Um, but and and maybe that was because we weren't creating much on the on the attack. And I'll I'll re- reverse a little bit. And when I said I just thought we were going to get a goal, it wasn't because we were creating a ton of great opportunities. It, it's not like we were banging on the goal. I just kind of expected us to get a 
get them on on transition or whatever to i just thought it was going to come at any second um but yeah there i i felt like there were a lot of moments or there were moments throughout the stretches where i'm like oh yeah rain is playing or where the heck is Haller? do like do we want to talk about this like the form of i don't even think it's Haller's form i think it's more work almost like we've reverted back to how we're playing with modest where it's like we just weren't playing with him I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with a handful of that stuff, but I, I do want to talk about Gio real quick because I, I feel like I'm kind of in the minority of just how I thought he performed. I thought Gio had a pretty decent game today. And I, I mean that seriously. I mean, our entire attack was toothless, so you can't single him out in the sense that Gio wasn't up there creating passes or uh, creating all these chances. But Gio did create some chances. He created four chances. He was tidy in possession. He drew a few very important fouls, one that led to the free kick that Royce had, and then one towards the end of the game, which was a dive. But still, that kept us in the game. So drew some really important fouls. He had a handful of recoveries in Chelsea's final third, winning the ball back in dangerous areas, high up the field. If anything, he, just like everyone else in the field, was just not the attacker that we needed for that game. We needed someone who could stretch out play out wide. We needed players who could make runs in behind. Uh, which, I mean, Gio did make. He did make a really good run in the first half. But just more of those uh, kind of runs, especially with pace. Uh, like you're at a Yemi's. I mean, Brandt makes a lot of great runs too. But just Royce wasn't up for it. Uh, I mean, Haller, we can get into him too. But Ozchan, of course, is not an attacking force. So I think out of any attacker that day, honestly, I think I think Reyna was our best attacker. Uh, just for everything that I just mentioned. And uh, I didn't think he had played bad really at all. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you. I remember the the free kicks, or I remember the the fouls and getting into some positions. I think it was more like overall, it's like I didn't see. There were some chances, but overall, I, I guess I wouldn't single Geo out and say like he had a terrible game. It was more which a lot of he, people are. Yeah, I would say it more like they all did because I said it seemed like Haller disappeared too. Like I'm not trying to single Geo out. I think it was attack in general. Um, that free kick by Royce was great. It was a really good save, but that I don't that free kick that was the geo tackle mm-hmm. yeah or uh it's a great free kick but stinking keppa it was, yeah yeah stinking keppa of course out of anyone of course um yeah besides that free kick i mean royce didn't bring too much to the table he lost possession a handful of times i don't know i just i thought i thought geo did pretty well i really liked again how he won possession kind of in chelsea's final third and he was able to dribble around a few of their players he had some really good touches had a handful of really good passes, one that was to Wolf towards the, I, I forget what half that was in, if I'm being honest with you for some reason, but uh, he had a great pass to Wolf in the box who had like a wide open shot. And I'm not, I'm never, you know, going after anyone who had, shoots in those kind of areas. Um, so I thought, I thought Gio did pretty well. And I guess you could probably put Guerrero as an attacker in this game for reasons that I already mentioned. You said you weren't happy with his performance. No, because what I my whole rant before was him flying all over the pitch uh, in various stages, and I, I, I get it could be dangerous for him to get up in attacking positions. But to me, because we don't see that from Rearson, I, I feel like that's not the not the plan. It's not the role Terzic has given him, and he just needs to stay on his side. Like get. I think just quit. Ugh, I don't I think know. That it's, was so, the, it's so frustrating. That, it's so frustrating to see him further up the pitch than Hilaire and in a more advanced position on the right side when he's our left fullback. 
I think I think that was specifically the role Terzic did give him this game because he knew that a lot of our other attackers probably weren't looking that up to it. And Rafael Guerrero is an extremely creative player. He can make things happen in the box, of course, with his his technical elegance. I mean, he's his one touch passing, his quick dribbles. He can shoot. Uh, he can cross for sure. So I I I didn't have too many problems with Guerrero's performance either. I mean, of course, I'm not going to give him too many praise on like his defensive aspects of his game, but. Even then, I mean, he tracked back a lot more than I usually am used to seeing him do. Uh, he won a handful of duels as well. I mean, he lost a lot too, but there were some there were some moments in there that he was, you know, really getting his body in there and being physical. So, uh, you know, praise to him for that. Um, I thought I thought Guerrero wasn't that bad. It, it was very interesting to see him be literally like our striker at times. So that was pretty eyebrow raising. Um, I do want to get into the second half. Right whenever we come out, we can see the penalty, unfortunately. Um, Wolf, it, I mean, it's a penalty, just like I talked about yeah. with Brant's handball. It's in the modern game. It's going to get called every single time. But then you get into Havertz hitting the post, and then you have the retake. And I understand the rule. I, I, I understand that, you know, Ozchan was, in, was encroaching there, and, and, and he was the one to clear it. But... Um, I mean, Manuel just retweeted, actually, and I put it on our, or he was tweeting and I put it on our page as well. But uh, Manuel was talked to, or got some clarification from the uh, International Football Association board and said, and the rule states that VAR should not have intervened there. They should not have intervened whenever, not for the handball, but for the retake. I don't think that's ever really been called before. So it's just, I mean, you can't... you can't really complain just because, like, again, it was a handball. And I understand that rule of Ozchan being, you know, the one to clear it and everything. But it just, it's just really unfortunate, just like the rest of this game. And, I mean, we had a really good response the second that Chelsea scored, though. This is one of those moments that, you know, you're only down by one on aggregate. Bounce right back, get another goal, and you're right back in it. And, you know, we ha- we created the chance that we had, we had our best chance of the game right after that penalty. And mm-hmm. it came from uh, it came from Jude, unfortunately, missing it and just shooting it wide. But I mean, that's a great opportunity to get level, you know. Yeah, and then I mean the the rule the retake too. I, I don't know. That was so frustrating. Like, because at the same time, I understand if Ozchan dove in a little early and then he also got to the ball. But when I'm also seeing like our I don't remember the defender, but like the Chelsea player in. Before what looked like before Oschan uh, in the box by like a full meter, uh, like before I don't know. It, it was just all frustrating. And I'm just I'm butthurt about it. <laughs> it it wasn't near the decision that it was, or compared to last year when we uh, was that two years ago maybe I forget now. Um, the Bellingham? No, it was two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Man Bellingham City? Yeah. when his tackle against Ederson that was an utter yeah. disgrace to the game. That was honestly one of the worst calls I've ever seen. And the fact that that wasn't called back was a fucking disgrace. Um, But it just, it doesn't compare to anything this game, unfortunately. It's just one of those calls that is really shitey and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense again because VAR doesn't really ever intervene with something like that before. But I mean, yeah, Respond to Whale had some slick build up play, just missed that big chance. Uh, I mean, Hilaire was. He, I mean, I think he was just really pocketed. I mean, Koulibaly, 
was on him all game with, you know, with usually whenever we're poking or popping up balls up the field and Hilaire can be that target man to bring it down or, you know, uses a flicking of the head or his feet. That's what he's really gifted at. But with Koulibaly there just to, you know, pick up the pieces every single time or even Kukurea too. I mean, I've been memeing on him these past few weeks, but he had a phenomenal game too, uh, winning up a hell of a lot of uh, headers as well. So, I mean, I think Haller was just really pocketed this game, unfortunately, and just the attack in general was very toothless, was very underwhelming. So I want to go back to that question um, because I, I don't think... So uh, I forget his real name, but Dazzolino. Chaz. Uh, Chaz. Chaz. Shout out to Chaz for the question. Uh, when is it okay to point out the fun or the fact that Haller has been disappearing in matches as of late? Like, Because I don't think it was just this game. Um, I... I think it has been a few games and I, cause I was singing it during Leipzig and I was singing it for the, the game before too. Um, obviously he, like he creates and opens up space and he, I remember he got the assist for geo off that corner kick. And, um, but it's like, I think we do need to see some more goals. And I feel like it is, uh, I don't know if it's, it's a tactical thing or I don't know. It, it just seems like he is disappearing a little bit, but I don't think that's his fault necessarily. Uh, what's what, what, is your take not just from the Chelsea game, but yeah. maybe the last just in games. general lately? I mean, you have to realize too. The man has, besides, I think this game where he played like seventy-five minutes or something like that. He's only played an hour of football every single game, so that he's still not fit. And it's just going to take a while for him to get fit. It's going to take a while for him to implement himself in the team. You got to realize too, the man didn't have a preseason. He's being thrown into the toughest part of the season. Uh, and and he has he's had really no time to you know throw him or get himself uh, well rounded with the rest of the squad. So there's still some kinks to work out, of course. And I think he's just got to find his footing a little bit more. I mean, like you said already, I like the space that he gives to other players, especially like if you know we're hurting for attack right now. I think he can kind of give that space to Mullen a little bit more. But uh, I, I don't want to knock on him really. At, much right now just because i just don't think he's had enough time yeah i think the interesting thing is i mean obviously before he played we were like you we have there's no expectations it's just going to mm-hmm. be good to see him back and it's going to take him a while to get up to fitness and and work into things but we saw such an impact so soon not not goals but we saw an assist we saw the space that he was creating and uh, what he was doing for how we played and just what this what like opened up the opportunities and so as we all got super excited and of course he scored on world cancer day and so that i feel like that just set the bar and maybe it was too it set the bar too soon to now we're like well why isn't he scoring more goals but if he hadn't scored yet and if he didn't like get that assist so early we probably would have been like yeah he's still like working into things yeah. um and there's there's a, a ton of reasons like why he would overperform initially because like all the adrenaline and the excitement and, I don't know just the the hype and everything like that can boost your game so much and now it's like maybe leveling out a little bit before it, it starts taking off and he gets back to like true form uh, but I, yeah I think you're right I think it's just kind of a time thing but I I think that plays into it is like he started really well and really strong. I think he's going to score a lot more goals the next month or so as he, again, continues to find his footing. I think Schalke is a great game for him to start making his mark too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just it was just a tough game. And at the end of the day, Chelsea were just kind of the better side over these past two legs, unfortunately. Again, they have an overwhelming amount of quality and resources pumped into their squad. Uh, Potter somehow rallied the troops on the second leg. 
and got players like Havertz to actually perform out of his mind. Uh, he had, you know, his fullbacks back and everything. So, it, and again, it was really just unfortunate too with us in the second leg, given the injuries, the suspensions, the penalties, the callbacks. I mean, even Sterling's goal. I mean, he he completely whiffed it. That was one of the worst shots I've ever seen. Completely whiffs it, but it somehow falls right back to his feet. And Royce is there to defend. Royce has a pretty good stick there, puts his foot in. It, it's just another really unlucky touch, and it falls right to Sterling again. So it's just like, yeah, I don't think this fate wants us to win this game, you know. And you know, going back to the beginning of the show, it's if it is one competition right now that I think we could try to get off our shoulders so we can really try to make a real title push into not only the league, but the Pokal as well. And we got a huge match against Leipzig coming up as well. So, I mean, a little bit more weight off our shoulders. We'll dust ourselves off. And now we're back this weekend for an absolute must win away at Schalke, Riviera Derby. It's the top spiel of the weekend. How are you feeling? Well, I want to get in a few more Twitter questions before we jump into that. Oh, I thought we were going to, I thought we're going to do Schalke, then the Twitter questions. Uh, Okay, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, some of, some of these are kind of specific to okay, bet. No, we, the we Chelsea game, obviously. So, and and it, I mean, it just leads in. It's all coming off the Chelsea game. So, uh, the Badger Hopper, um, and then kind of the same question from let me uh, Flying Dutchman kind of asked about who steps in for Brandt and how how much does this Brandt injury affect us? Have you seen a day? I don't know if I've seen how long he might be out. No, I was refreshing all day until we started recording about an hour ago. So apologies <laughs> if something just came out, but I have not seen anything. I did see a video after the game. Fans are left and players are just walking around the field. Ch- uh, Brandt was limping a bit, which was pretty um, pretty concerning. But we'll we'll just have to wait and see. Also, I was concerned how like quickly it happened. Um, the fact that it was like five minutes in, four minutes in. I was like, was he already feeling something before? Like, he's also been, uh, I feel like, pushed to the limit. I mean, it, yeah, Brant has played like every single minute, pretty much of every single game this calendar year. And at some point, I was honestly wondering myself, like, man, I think we're going to be pushing him a little too far here soon. And it, I think there were moments where he could have gotten a little bit more rest, uh, even more so than Jude, to be honest, in my opinion. So that was, I guess, it's not too surprising. So, but I, I would but, imagine uh, it's probably going to be a few weeks at minimum. So, but the real question is, what, like, who steps in and how does this like change the lineup um, and everything? Because before, when Royce was coming back, we're like, we're like, well, he's not taking Brandt's spot, so what's going to happen? But now it's like, so, be, but we're kind of playing a different formation than what we've been playing before, um, to where we're utilizing both of them. So, do you think it is a, a Reina stepping in? Do you think we kind of tweak things a little bit to where? I don't know, Royce is sitting in 10 and we have, I don't know, what, who, like, who do you think is coming in? Is it, is it throwing in Malin as a winger or like, is it Raina coming in or how, how do you see us moving forward without him? Probably not Malin as a winger. I think we've tried to put a square peg into a round hole for that for a long time and it, he just, that's just not his thing. I mean, Reyna is someone who can do a lot of things that Brandt can. I mean, given his progression of the ball, his technical elegance, his passing ability. Uh, so, I mean, I think Reyna's got to be that guy. And it's what a huge opportunity right now for him, for people that are saying, you know, where's Reyna? Where's Reyna? He's not getting minutes. And, you know, he deserves more time. This is his moment. And if he wants a future at this club, I think he, I think he's going to need to step up here these next few weeks and try to do something with it here, with the opportunity that he has in his hands. Because... 
Um, I mean, of course, the team's been red hot and it's it's kind of just the coach going with a hot hand and Raina not doing with it much with it against Werder Bremen. But, you know, here's an opportunity to have it for long term for at least a few weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's what we'll probably see is him step in or it's just going to be like JBG starting or the, them going back and forth. Um, and then I don't know. I don't remember how long Adi Yemi's out. I'm so, I feel like I always come into these episodes so ill prepared, especially when we're talking Adi, about Adi Yemi should be back in the next <laughs> two or so weeks. I think it was always estimated around mid to late March. So I'm hoping if everything yeah. goes correctly and, uh, you know, he's, uh, not picking up anything out, any other slight knocks or anything like that. No setbacks. I think it should be the next two or so weeks. Cool. Um, so a few more shout outs. Cole, uh, at awesome bill. It's two separate people, by the way. And then Steve B all kind of asked, uh, well, okay. Steve B not, maybe not, but anyways, uh, all kind of asked, is it, which we touched on a little bit, but is maybe get, going out of the champions league, good for our league campaign or, or like the Bundesliga campaign. I know you, you touched on this a little bit. Like we Bundesliga and Pokal are more realistic uh, trophies to win. I don't want to be like a downer. And I know last week we're talking about we're the best team in the world going 10 and 10. Um, but yeah, like Champions League gets tough um, and it's just going to be, I don't know. It, we Obviously we have a more, I don't think that's bad to say that those are more easier that's our best shot as a trophy is Bundesliga with how things are going and Pokal well it's also just going to let our schedule breathe a bit more too you're not going to have such congested fixtures every three days if if you're lucky sometimes even two days with the Pokal with all three competitions so I I mean I'm I'm not happy about it by any means but at the same time it's 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 something you can look at for the bright side of you know we could focus a little bit more on just two and and everyone can pull their weight for those competitions that a lot of us didn't think we we're going to even compete at in November, including myself. So uh, it, one loss is obviously not going to d- derail our whole season. Again, it's about this bounce back next weekend against um, Schalke. Yeah, I'll do one more question before you get in Sh- Schalke. Uh, Jesse Y, since we touched on Chan a lot and he, he's been playing great. Uh, with the way he's been playing as of late, is he someone you want in the squad going forward? Because this last summer, I would have let him walk for nothing. Different story today, which I think we were kind of, I think a lot of people were in that position. Like we didn't know mm-hmm. if he was even going to stick around over the summer. And now he's uh, been pretty, he's, he's vital to how we're playing. Um, but we, we've also talked a lot before how he's in a good, like he's in a good streak right now. And that's not always the case with Chan. Um, so for me, it's hard to still say yet. Like we still have to ride him, ride this out like the rest of the season. And that's when you make the decision uh, because there's always been this kind of inconsistency. And maybe maybe it's because last year, because he was playing center back a lot or right yeah. back. He was playing literally everywhere. He played left back, don't forget, too. If I'm not yeah. wrong, even against Ajax when we were getting just hammered. So, I mean, he's been everywhere. I think definitely he's been, he's been inconsistent. But counter argument, he's been very consistent these last three months and pretty much every performance he's had, he's been man of the match for probably four or five of the games uh, minimum. And of course he's brought so much stability. So yes, short answer. Yes. I think he's someone that we probably should be moving with going forward as the only true number six in our team. Um, 
it'll be interesting to see who we have as any sort of backup because again i think terzik is going to continue forward going forward with this system of having a number six the four one four one uh and and it's gonna it can have some fluidity to it and change of course but you're still looking for a number six after chan and to being out the door you, I mean, you have links with heavy heavy links with Kamada, but he's obviously not number six either so it's like are we gonna have another number eight in Kamada come in and then another number six on top of that it's gonna be an interesting summer it it really will be where do you see Oshan's best position is he a six or is he an eight because I always felt like he was more of a six not just because he's got a six on his back but I thought early on when he first like early parts of the season I thought he played that deeper role a little more and I thought he looked good and now we're seeing more inconsistency and is that because he's pushing forward a little more I, I definitely I mean yeah I, I agree with pretty much everything you said especially I was thinking he was more of a pure number six at the beginning of the season too but just, I mean, his form has been dipping. Uh, I mean, with, also with his, um, his previous days in Cologne, he had another number six next to him as well to kind of help him with that stability. And he looks like he kind of gets forward a little bit more. I mean, he also has been, looks like he's scared of duels at times as well, which he just, you can't have that as a number six. You need someone like Chan. That's someone that's brave. That's you're always going to put everything 100% into these tackles and, Oz Chan definitely has moments of that for sure. I, th- I mean, he's, with his wrestling background, he gets in there. He's physical, but there are also times where it's like, man, Oz Chan, that's that's you, man. That's that's on you. You need to be, you know, getting back there and making that tackle. So, I, I mean, right now, I think Oz Chan is kind of in that weird middle ground between six and eight, but maybe leaning more towards an eight. I don't know. I, I think his strong suit is is a, a six and I think he's almost because we're playing this different system like that's pushed him forward I, I don't think yeah. when I said like him going forward I don't think that's because he's like going forward it's like the system is pushing him forward uh, which is also interesting when we have like Dahoud in there so if if that's really the case like you're playing at him out of position he's more comfortable to six but Chan's playing better so let's push him up it's like also why not just throw Dahoud in there then like yeah I don't know I, I did want to say, which we kind of already touched on the question already, but shout out to Glasgow Borussian fan club for daring us that question about Halaire and the striker situation. We just, I know we kind of already answered that with uh, how we're going to get goals moving forward, but let's get into Schalke this weekend. Um, yeah, again, a really must win. I, I'm hoping the team can just bounce right back and, and just keep that momentum going in the league. How are you feeling about it? Uh. <laughs> As I was watching the Chelsea game, I'm feeling confident. I, I don't. I'm, I'm still feeling really good. I I think we're gonna bounce back after the the Chelsea performance. I think we're still in the really good form. Um, I think we can get a big win. Yes, we haven't and lost the Derby since 2019. Schalke have been shit pretty much the entire season until the last month. They've been picking up some form. They're unbeaten in six now. Two wins off their last two matches. One against Stuttgart and the other against Bochum. Uh, they did the double against Bochum. And also, Thomas Rice, uh, Schalke's coach, was a former Bochum coach. So, uh, got the win over his old side there. I mean, Schalke, I'm not going to say they look good by any means, but they're going to be tough to break down, just like the reverse fixture at home. And we struggled to kind of. You know, get our attacks going, not our attacks going, but break them down in their final third for better part of almost an hour. And with their clean sheets, they've been getting lately. I think they had four clean sheets in a row. 
the concern I'm going to have for this game is just, you know, keeping the pace up with the goals rather than them coming at us in the attack. I mean, I think we're going to spar for the first half, feel each other out, probably not score. And then um, this is my prediction and then get two in the second half and walk away with a two nil, but it's not going to be easy, of course. And again, that would just make me so happy to bounce right back. I would not, I would be forgetting about Chelsea the second we win this game. Yeah. Also seems like a great game for Haller to get some goals. Not not just because he needs to, uh, not because we want to see him score, but I think this kind of game where we need to break him down like just opens the opportunity for him to kind of do his thing um, and, and get in those positions and maybe poach a couple goals. Um, so that's what I'm, I'm banking on. Yeah, I think honestly this is a game where Haller can definitely shine. And I'm, I'm imagining he'll probably get a goal. That's what I'm thinking. He'll probably get a goal this uh, this game. And I'm going with a 2-0. Do you have a score prediction? I, although I was talking real confident in the beginning, I, I think it is going to be maybe because you talked and explained more. And I'm like, let me reel it in a little bit. No, I think it'll be 2-1 because I think it will be tough on the road. Because I was thinking, oh, 4-0 is what I'm thinking. But on the road, it's going to be a lot more tough uh, in that atmosphere. So I think... 2-1, I do think Holler is going to get a goal because, I mean, everything we've talked about, we're like, oh, is Holler going missing? Is he dipping a little bit? You know he's feeling it too. You know he wants to get another goal. Um, and I, I think for this game, he's going to be fired up. He's going to want to do it in this game specifically. Like th- this game is going to get him fired up. Um, and so I, I really think he's going to get a goal in this game. But yeah, I say 2-1. I think we're still going to get the win. Um, and do you think Reyna starts? I do, yeah. I I I wouldn't start JBG in a game like this personally. Yeah, and then I will be upset if we don't see Rearson. <laughs> yeah, I think this is de- this is definitely a game for Rearson. This it, this is you know it's similar to a game of Bochum. You know, it's going to be very physical. The the atmosphere is going to be electric, and of course, going to be very very hostile as well. And I just I just don't think this is a game for uh, a player like JBG. Um, not saying it's going to be, it's too much more suited to Reyna, but I, I just think Reyna is a better pick at the moment. Yeah. I mean, any other predictions or anything, anything else you want to shout out? The game is Saturday, 10 30 Eastern time. Um, it is, since it's the top spiel, I would think it's on like normal ESPN, but when I checked, it just said ESPN plus, I don't know if that's going to change in the next few days. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if it is like on ESPN. Cause there's usually one game a week that's on big espn which yeah. they're also probably saving for dirt classic or will be on espn in a couple weeks uh we should shout out and talk about watch parties um that's what i was gonna get I know into, I've, yeah. cool i've had i've had you explain if there's like new dortmund fans listeners one again thank you so much and we started this podcast this is it this game and dirt classic is always a great game to touch on why it's important to Find people to talk Dortmund with, which is why Carver and I started this podcast because it went from me sitting at home watching Dortmund by myself to uh, realizing, realizing Carver's a Dortmund fan. So then we got to text about it and then uh, he introduced me to all the supporters in St. Louis. So I'll let you take it from there. Well, that's that's just it. We'll just be we'll be at the Amsterdam Tavern with the Borussen STL fan club. It's a great time. Uh, the turnout's going to be pretty great, I imagine, because of just the Riviera Derby. Um, we're going to have another watch party as well for the Derek Classicer here next month. But yeah, come out, meet some people, have some fun, watch the game. 
Everyone in the fan club is very inviting. They're very welcoming. They're very kind. They're very fun to be around. So, yeah, please, I'm, I'm going to be there. Jake's going to be out of town in Portland with St. Louis City. Loser. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, maybe that's what, I'll, maybe I'll try to find. Okay, this is a good shout because I know we have some listeners in Portland. And Carver just gave a big spiel about everyone come to St. Louis to watch the Amsterdam Tavern. If you're in St. Louis, come join Carver. But we know most of our listeners are not in St. Louis. So uh, we do have a link. This is a good plug. We have a link in the description of this episode. That's basically a find the supporters group near you. Um, so you can click on that link. Maybe I'll check that out to find the people in Portland. I know we have some listeners in Portland. So um, heads up, I'm going to be in Portland for the Timber City game this weekend. Maybe I can go catch some of the game wherever you're watching it. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. I, even, I haven't even thought about this. Would, did we have listeners in Austin? Did I miss an opportunity to go watch Dortmund? With Austin people a couple weeks ago? I know we have some list. I definitely know we have listeners in uh, Texas. Where at in Texas, I'm not sure. I know, yeah, we do have a lot of like a lot of people in Texas. I know there's a I think there's some in Portland. So if you are in Portland, DM us or DM me. Maybe I'll just look up the group and uh, try to find you guys and watch the game. But yeah, check out the link if if you what what I was getting at before, like if if you are a new Dortmund supporter, this is a great game. With it being the the Derby great game to go meet some people and and really fall in love with uh Dortmund more in this big game and find some some friends to watch it with um because Dortmund supporters are the best in the world uh someone told me at work today because it's a given but they were like yeah those fans were crazy and that Chelsea match was like yeah that's just how they are literally all the time just insane in the best way possible yeah so you can find a group in the description of this episode you can also find the link to our twitter and Instagram, and you can email us if you want to. Um, and I'm gonna, I'll do the plug again. Give us a nice review. If if you didn't turn it off after two minutes, which clearly you didn't because you're still hearing me say this, you're going to leave a nice review on Apple or Spotify. That'd be great. We're just, we're just speaking it. into the void. No one's here anymore, Jake. <laughs> this is just for me. This is uh, Tomorrow, I'm going to be listening to myself talk about myself. Making, but I can making only re- new Gmail accounts, giving us ratings. <laughs> Acting like say, we have a fan base. I can only I can only leave so many reviews. Yeah, yeah. My fingers hurt, everyone. Please. I'm using VPNs to get listens from Portland. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm re- I'm really no. in debt because of them too. Anyways, that's it. We really appreciate you guys hanging out for like pretty much a full hour this this episode and not tune out after two minutes. And we will See you later. Maybe I'll see you in Portland this weekend. Carver, we'll see you in St. Louis at Amsterdam. Just everyone fly to St. Louis. Yeah, see you there. See you there.